the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Craig, thank you. 406 on the Central Coast. It's Tuesday, February 6, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. In about an hour, heart surgeon extraordinaire Dr. David Canvasser helps me mark eh, almost five years since my open heart surgery. Uh, tomorrow, we will be in conversation. First time guest Adam Verdon is going to be here, focusing on what's happening, not happening down in South County. On uh, Thursday, it's Susan Funk, who is a candidate for county supervisor in the race to replace Debbie Arnold. We are busy. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. This hour, we have another first-time guest, but a lot of you know him. David Judson grew up in Cayucas, attended Cuesta College for a bit, and has gone on to a distinguished career on so many different levels. Uh, for many years, he was a uh, high-profile journalist. He uh, lived and worked in the country of Turkey for a long time. Now he is a tech consultant based in Texas. And if you heard yesterday, we had Professor Armstead join us to talk about what's happening on the border. I thought it'd be interesting to continue the conversation and get the perspective of someone who's actually in Texas. With that in mind, a long overdue to have David Judson on this broadcast. I'm so pleased he's finally able to join us. David, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Question is, how are you? Good. Good, good, good. Greetings right. to any listeners in Cayucas. <laughs> when was the last time you were back here? How long has it been? Uh, about two about two years ago. Two mm. years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. so got to swing by and see the old town and stop by the Cayucas supermarket. Yeah. Uh, so there's so much I want to ask you, David. I guess I would start with talking about your governor, Governor Greg Abbott. I don't know much about him until recent uh, events and recent rhetoric over the last year or so. I guess my first question for you would be, has he always been this, what I call a cultural warrior? Has has this always been his style, or is this something relatively no. new? Yeah, no, this is relatively new. So when he, when he was uh, attorney general uh he was he was kind of well regarded he was regarded as somebody that could work across the aisle um kind of a jeb bush republican um the uh not a bomb thrower by any means but the before he ran for governor the first time in 2014 he was giving a, a speech to a fundraising group and he it was kind of a throwaway line. He was asked, you know, something about his job. And he said, oh, basically, I get up in the morning and I go to the office and I sue the Obama administration in those years. And then I go home and go to bed. And uh, then I get up the next day and do something. Everybody laughed and they wrote big checks. And that was kind of the pivot point that he realized that there was great utility in just warring with um, a Democratic White House. Um, 
and that's really when he kind of emerges a cultural warrior that's um, that he's come to be, and it's been very successful for him. So successful that there's talk of him wanting to be a possible running mate for Donald Trump, or perhaps a cabinet position should Trump be reelected. I mean, he he clearly has personal goals, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. I'm just trying to understand his motives. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know exactly what he's, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I mean, ultimately he's got his own eyes on the White House. So, you know, the, um, uh, you know, it could be an interim step if, you know, I mean, I think he wants to keep, um, keep, keep close in, in Trump's orbit until potentially Trump is no longer a factor. Um, and that you know he's but, you know he's he's one of these competitors one might say to be the heir apparent to Trump as well and the or the heir apparent to the MAGA movement. Sure. And is Governor Abbott popular in Texas still? He's he's very popular among his crowd. Um, I mean, Texas is pretty kind of knife edge between the 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 you know red and red and blue all the you know all the major cities are very blue the rest of texas is very red in the suburbs um and you know he does well with these kind of you know cultural war issues abortion transgender school vouchers he's been on a um he's been on a campaign so far one of his few failures has been to get um, to get school vouchers uh, through the legislature, uh, but he's working on that, and uh, and that's a law took place today um, to allow uh, Texas police to arrest illegal immigrants if they um, you know and, and check their paperwork for their their legal status, hmm. which is you know, a, you know a separate controversy, but again popular in uh, among his base. How does he compare to someone like Ron DeSantis in, on positions? Is he cut from the same cloth? I'd say generally cut from the same cloth. Um, the, um, I think he's, I mean, I mean, I, I wouldn't. He's not warm and fuzzy, but he, he, he doesn't have the same kind of cold reserve that DeSantis does. He's got. You know he's not big on charisma, but I would say he's more charismatic uh, than than DeSantis. Um, and you know, and he's you know, he's in a wheelchair. He's overcome adversity, and the you know, I think he gets some respect for that. The uh, so you know, he's um, you know, he's a good kind of you know, again, uh, retail politician. Yeah. The, uh, we're in conversation with David Judson, joining us from Texas. Your phone call still to come as we get his take on the situation down there. It Maybe I'm cynical here, David, but I, I, I can't help but wonder with some of the things that Governor Abbott is doing, and we'll, we'll get into this in the second segment, but it's he must know that he's going to eventually lose some of these issues in court battles, but maybe he's just doing it to A, boost his recognition outside of Texas and be it's a fundraiser. Am I being too cynical there? No, I think you just called it. That's exactly right. I don't think, uh, I mean, sure. Would he celebrate if he, if he won these battles, but I don't think winning the battles is the goal. It's, 
Um, it's the it's the headlines. It's the fundraising. I mean, he just Texas doesn't have any um, any uh, limits on campaign contributions to state politicians. He got I think it was two weeks ago. He got one six million dollar check from one uh, very wealthy donor. Six million. So um, six million one check. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm sure the person who gave him six million dollars doesn't expect anything in return. Of course not. Of course not. This is just um, good governance. Uh. <laughs> All right. We got a lot to cover with uh, David Judson. Short break. We will come back. We're live. We're local. We're hometown radio. Congratulations to Nadine. She is today's winner on the Stolberg text line for the two free tickets to see the Beach Boys at Vina Robles in August. We'll do this again tomorrow. Right now, we're in conversation with uh, David Judson, former journalist turned tech consultant. He spent 11, he has spent the last 11 years, excuse me, uh, living in Texas, uh, originally from the Central Coast. So we're getting perspective on the border situation. In the first segment, we talked about Governor Abbott, who has been clearly pushing this agenda. And yet, David, as I come back to you, I would imagine that if you talk to people in Texas who are supporting the governor, they're arguing that something needs to be done, things are out of control, and government has to do something. So we should spend a little bit of time hearing from you about what is the situation like in Texas from your perspective? What is the problem that we're facing? Yeah, I mean, there's no question that we have a crisis at the border. And, you know, and while I, you know, you probably sense, listeners will sense that I've been you know, critical of the governor's response, the, um, uh, you know, the Biden administration gets no praise here. There's, um, there's a, a lot of work to do. Um, it is unsustainable. And the cities, El Paso in particular, Eagle Pass has been in the news a lot. That's where they put the barbed wire, um, you know, and you know, you know, across the park, and the state police kept the border patrol out, and the the family drowned. Um, some horrible things have been happening. The, um, but it's a, you know, it's a problem that, as your guest yesterday, uh, you know, described, that's, you know, um, you know. You know, much larger than just the, the the specific geography. It has to do with you know migrants all over the world that are trying to get to the United States. And the, in fact, you know, most of the migrants coming across now, and probably a majority of them, are not Mexican. Um, the a lot of them from other places in Latin America, the um, Venezuela, Cuba, but even uh, Chinese. Um, so there's there's a huge problem, um, but it's they but the, from my perspective, the problem is that the um, you know, it, you know, we're seeing this in what's playing out with the, with the legislation. It um, it's the, the the crisis itself is good politics, which disincentivizes um, you know some political factions to actually resolve the problem. Hmm. Uh, but come back to the problem itself. I would imagine, therefore, that resources are being overwhelmed, that there are so many people coming in, 
that that you collectively are not able to handle all this. I'm 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 not sure that people in the Central Coast of California fully appreciate the challenge that border states counties are facing. Yeah, no, absolutely. There, you know, the I mean, the charities are overwhelmed. Catholic charities is overwhelmed. The um, you know, uh, I mean, you know, there's been some marginal relief to these communities by what the governor has done, which is offensive in its own way of, you know, busting, he's so far bust 100,000 um, yeah, to um, to so-called sanctuary cities uh, run by Democrats. Um, but, you know, that's that's a political stunt. But the um, uh, but, you know, along that 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 border area, um, it. It's a huge problem. Ranchers along the area, you know, complain of um, uh, you know people coming across and and uh, you know you know disturbing their their animals and their wildlife. Um, so it's a it's a real problem. Uh, the you know there's a um, now there's this I think it's called God's God's Convoy. There's yeah. a there's an anti-migrant convoy now uh, mobilizing the border to try and as volunteers to to try and push them back. So it's it, it's getting really really ugly. That said, I think that you know there's there's discussion of it, um, you know, being an issue in in other Texas cities like Austin, Houston. Um, you do not see, um, you know, overwhelming problems. In the other cities in Texas, it's really a, a problem on the border. Uh, so, as you mentioned, the the God Squad, there are governors who want to send National Guard troops to Texas. There are private citizens, militia style groups that want to come down and do something. Uh, geez, David, what could possibly go wrong in that kind of scenario? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, DeSantis is sending. Uh, maybe they're already here. A thousand um, national Texas National Guardsmen um, to help the Texas National Guard challenge the Border Patrol. Um, I mean, this is just not um, an effective way to resolve the problem, in my view. Well, yeah, uh, how, how often do you have we a do governor? Have a huge problem. How often do you have a governor ignoring court rulings? Right, right, yeah. The um, and. You know the um, and you know the um, yeah it's um, I mean I mean it's just I mean, I mean it's, it's, what more can I say the um, uh, he's you know he's dining out on this and for his his crowd it's it's um, it's good politics and I think it's also worth mentioning that there's um, you know there's there's pushback and concern along the, in the border communities. Among the Hispanics as well, right? The um, um, the in the in the 2020 election, about 40 percent of the Hispanics on the uh, in the Rio Grande Valley, which is basically the border, um, uh, voted for Trump by some estimates. So the, um, uh, the 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 cultural dynamics are you know are by no means simple. How have how have the dynamics changed among the Hispanics? How have they gone from being such ardent uh, liberal Democrats now to being open to voting for Trump and people like Greg Abbott? What changed? Well, I think um, 
I think one thing that changed is um, the the evangelical movement. There's a there's a, a very rapid migration of um, Mexican uh, migrants um, out of the Catholic Church into the evangelical churches, um, and I think that is um, a uh, an integrator into the into the MAGA movement to some degree. Um, I think that. Even though, uh, but but elsewhere among Catholics, I mean, Californians may remember the recall of Cruz Reynoso along with Rose Bird thirty odd years ago, yeah. um, and many Hispanics uh, uh, supported in California supported the recall of Cruz Reynoso. The I think was the first Hispanic on the California Supreme Court over the abortion issue. Um, the the abortion issue is a tough sell um, in uh, in the Hispanic community. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you know, again, you know, Texas, uh, kind of was a pioneer in, in before Roe versus Wade was overturned, you know, Texas passed these laws to set up a bounty system, uh, that's still in effect, um, that's, um, you know, effectively banned abortion that, that played well in some circles in the, in the Latino community. David Judson is joining us from Texas. Your phone calls and text messages to come after the news. So did do we fault Biden at all for the last three years of the border? I mean, he put Harris in charge, but he hasn't really he hasn't yeah, been to the border. He hasn't talked about it. Yeah, I, I think the. Um, um, yeah, I, I think he deserves some 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 responsibility for this. I mean, sure, the uh, you know he needs a bill. We haven't had one in what, thirty-five years. The um, but you know the buck stops you know with the president, and he hasn't demonstrated the leadership um, on this. And you know, I mean, I mean, mobilize the military to build, uh, you know. Um, you, know, um, you know, tent cities, whatever. I mean, there's more that could be done with um, with Mexico. We've given Mexico, I think, two hundred million dollars to, um, uh, to 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 try and, and patrol the border from their side, and patrol the border with Guatemala in the south. But there hasn't been a um, um, a real concerted uh, outreach to. Um, Mexico and Central America to solve the problem there. I mean, the you know he did do the um, uh, you know the the incentives to get the Venezuelans and the uh, and the Cubans who have extra, have a you know special status because they're you know fleeing um, communist countries, etc. Um, to get to to insist that they apply for asylum uh, before they cross the border, and that diminished. Some. So there have been some some marginal efforts, but there hasn't been um, the the leadership either from 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 Biden. Let me stop from- you there. David Judson is our guest, checking in from Texas. Your phone calls when we come back. I'm Dave Congleton. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Thanks for joining us. Help you stick around. We've got a couple of Davids. David number two is Dr. David Canvasser, heart surgeon extraordinaire. He'll be with us during the 5 o'clock hour. 
David, number one is David Judson making his first appearance on this broadcast. Raised out in Cayucas, went to Quest College for a little while. Went on to a distinguished career as a journalist. Now he's a tech consultant based in Texas. So we want to hear from David. He's been there now for the last 11 years. We've been talking a little bit about the governor, Greg Abbott, and a little bit about the challenges that Texas and other states are facing as David has been explaining the challenges and what's happening in Texas right now. Uh, first question coming in on the Stolberg line, David, as we're back with you, does your guest know if Governor Abbott has said if he's in agreement with Donald Trump that the Senate immigration bill should wait for another year when Trump is supposedly reelected? What do you know about that, David? Yeah, no, he's um, um, he's um, he, you know, he's they've all lined up together on that that they oppose the um, oppose the bill at this point. So the. Uh, um, there's, there's, there, there are a few folks uh, also in the, the senators here, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, John Cornyn, they also oppose the bill. Um, there are a few. Um, one interesting congressman, uh, Dan Crenshaw, um, former Navy SEAL, lost his eye in, in Afghanistan. Um, very conservative guy, uh, but he's, he's come out in support of the legislation and very critical of the Republicans who are playing these games right now, um, that this is, you know, compromise is what, you know, is, is what the public is demanding. We have a real crisis and we need to solve it. And, and we can, but, and this is what um, the, the Republicans asked for and they've got 90% of what they wanted from the Biden administration. Um, my personal view is that it's a good deal. They should accept it, but, for obvious reasons, uh, uh, that's not happening. Well, let's let's explore that. 90%? So you're saying that this bill offers the Republicans 90% of what they wanted at the beginning? Yeah, this is what, I mean, the, you know, they, they, they wanted to, they, you know, they, they wanted, um, a, you know, a whole bunch of, of spending on, not the border wall, but other kinds of protections that the, uh, um, the, um, the Biden administration had it originally rejected. They wanted the, um, you know, they, they, you know, they, uh, you, know uh, you know, dramatic changes to the, um, the rules on asylum. Um, those are all in the bill. Um, the, so, you know, they, they're not getting Trump's wall, but the, um, they're getting most of what they were seeking, um, this, this, I mean, this would have been their dream legislation last November when they were first seeking it. I think that they never thought they. This is the dog that caught the car. They never thought that, that Biden would make the compromises, um, the um, that he did. Um, and now here we are um, at a at a kind of a dumb impasse. Welcome your phone calls for Mr. Judson, 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832. As we talk about what's happening in Texas, we start with Mike in Los Osos. Hey, Mike. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Mike. Uh, I am just beside myself laughing over this uh, this sudden um, acknowledgement of, of a crisis on the border, which was denied for the past three decades. Uh, as a political junkie myself, I have debated this issue with 
shoot with you, Dave, on this show with countless friends. When I used to be on social media over and over and over, and for forever they said it, there was no crisis. And uh, it just blows me away. And now everyone, everyone, and including your guest, who seems to me that he's, you know, he was seems to be like a Democrat or something like that, not happy with the GOP. Um, he's calling it a crisis. Al Sharpton's calling it a crisis. And it's funny that it happens in an election year, and it happens when uh, Abbott and others flood blue cities with these illegals that they've been dealing with with th- for three decades, and none of you cared a bit. So what's Not your point, Mike? About it. Mike, what's your point? My point is is that you're hypocrites. Your entire party, and you especially, you're hypocrites. And and the fact that you are sitting there wanting us to give to to, to do a border bill, which is actually a Ukraine funding bill, is absolutely disingenuous and disgusting. You guys fought Trump on every single thing he tried to do. You fought, you fought previous Republican administrations on everything they tried to do time and time again. And now it's an election year, and now you're just going to throw out a bill that's mostly funding for Ukraine, and you're going to say, if you don't go with this bill, then you guys aren't fixing this border crisis that we denied for three decades. David, well, I mean, I, yeah, I go, guess ahead, David. Yeah, sure. go ahead, David. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I agree with the halfway. Yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'll, uh, the um, I'm um, I'm a pretty centrist Democrat, and I, you know, as you probably heard me, I'm certainly critical of of uh, Biden's role to a large degree here, and it is a problem that's been brewing for a long, long time. The last time we had serious in, uh, immigration reform was 1986. Uh, the uh, so. Um, I agree with you that the um, um, you know we, we shouldn't be surprised, but you know I mean if I'm a hypocrite, so is Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell supports this legislation, so you know um, and it was negotiated by in a, in a bipartisan fashion. So that's you know I guess what I can say. Border Patrol Union also supports this. What else, Mike? Yeah. So uh, as far as the. Um the God's convoy or whatever. If you remember, we used to have the Minutemen down there. Okay, right. This was this is this goes back how long we've had a border crisis that you guys all denied. Okay, um, these people are not doing this for fun. These are good patriotic human beings who are doing it because both parties in their government, including the 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 Rhino Mitch McConnells, who are just as bad as Pelosi. They're no different. Okay. <laughs> They have done nothing forever. And one more point, the border, since you're going to bring up the Border Patrol Union president, well, the former president said that that illegal immigration went to a 45-year low under Trump, and the minute that Biden took over, boom, right back up. But the point is, Mike, the Border Patrol Union endorses this bill. Well... They probably get a whole bunch of money out of it. The oh. bottom line is, is well, I've seen enough in the bill. First of all, there shouldn't be any money for Ukraine in the bill. And second of all, there, it should all go to the border. And the vast majority of the money goes to Ukraine. This is, this is disgusting. You should be disgusted by this. You, when they okay. call it a border bill and then they're putting in money for Ukraine, you don't see what they're doing to you, just playing you for a fool. Okay, Mike. All right. Thank you.
And thanks, uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, and I guess before I take the next call, and Professor Armstead, when he was on the show, what Mike doesn't seem to understand, with all due respect, that and and, and jump in here, please, David. This is looking sure. at an issue from a global perspective. We have climate change. We have uh, migration taking place. There are things taking p- place that are not going to be reversible, and you've got to look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean the you know uh, I mean not to get you know too down in the weeds, but you know you've got I mean Europe's got a border crisis um, with migrants and refugees from Turkey. Turkey's got a border crisis with refugees from Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Syria. Was it Turkey right now has six million refugees? The largest refugee population in the world right now is in Turkey. Um, the Pakistan has a refugee crisis from uh, uh, from Afghanistan. The um, all of Venezuela's neighbors, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, have huge problems with refugees from Venezuela. The uh, um, so you know there's a I mean there are more there are more refugees in the in the world right now than at any time in history, even more than. Right after World War II. Right. So, so yeah, it doesn't. The, it doesn't yeah. No. I, I just, the last point to me, it doesn't matter how much money we're spending on Ukraine vis a vis the border. The question is whether or not we're going to be spending enough on the border. And this is a bipartisan bill. They seem to think that this is enough. The Border Patrol agents are endorsing it. They're not saying, hey, what about Ukraine? Let's hear from Jack in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Jack. Good afternoon. Hey, Jack. Uh, good afternoon. Um, what I was going to say is that this has been going on ever since the 1950s and before to a certain extent. But uh, and it'll never be solved the way we the way somebody on the other side of the fence would like it to be ideally resolved. Because what it does successfully do for the elites is it provides them cheap labor to be outsourced, and that's what it's always done. Because once these people come over, they're paranoid. They're semi-legal, kind of legal, but you know, whatever. And so when they do get on job, they work really hard, but they're very, their nose is to the ground. They're slaves, basically. They are the, they are the new slaves. Second point is that no, basically the way you want it or the other guy wants it or anybody else. So they're just going to throw a lot of mud on the wall to make it look like they're doing something and to get people arguing over it. Yeah. That's what they're going to do, and they've done that successfully over the last 40 years, especially. So, uh, that has uh, been a, yeah. And then the one final point. Right. If you notice, all these people that come in, when they take them out and they put them in the different neighborhoods, they put them in the most impoverished neighborhoods, take over the most impoverished people's resources. They don't put them in Beverly Hills. They don't put them in any rich place. There are some people. Uh, well, they did go to Martha's Vineyard. So let's. They went to Martha's yeah. Vineyard, but they didn't put them up in Mar- Martha's yeah. Vineyard. People okay. picked them out. Hang on, Jack. I'll come back to you, David. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I think I mean Jack's got a point that the um, you know I mean our economy has become dependent on illegal or semi-illegal labor, right? The uh, I mean if. Um, you know, if we went to Canada's system, right? Canada um, has a has a, and obviously they don't have the, the you know the, the the border proximity, but they fly in Mexican farm workers, 
they, you know, they house them reasonably, and then they fly them back. They pay them probably twice what they would make in the United States. Um, so, you know, the, um, you know, if, if we had a similar system, it, our food would cost a lot more. Yeah. So there is, um, there is a, um, clearly, um, uh, you know, a looming dimension of exploitation over this. Um, that's something we should, uh, find a way ultimately to address. Um, yeah. I don't have the instant answer for that, but he's, but I, I think Jack has a good point. What else, Jack? Yeah, these people, that's my main point, is that these people are being used and abused. And I've gone through different immigration problems in my entire life. Self the first dreamer, in, in the sense that I had to declare my citizenship in my early 20s. And I was almost deported from the United States at that particular time. And uh, it took two years for me to prove that somehow uh, I was, even though I was, my father was American, and my mother was from Colombia. I had to go through two years of legalistic, all kinds of stuff with with the immigration department. Yeah. I think they should open up the border and be honest about it. Let people in, have AI identify people, give them a social security number on the spot, and say if you keep your nose clean, you can have citizenship in five years. So a lot of these people are hardworking people, entrepreneurs, right. entrepreneurs. And- and as uh, David has been explaining, they're important to the economy. All right, Jack, thanks for the story. We move on. We've got Mark in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Mark. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, Mark. Uh, I, my problem with the border bill, Biden ran on an open border. You can look at all his speeches. And he ran on that, and he dismantled Trump's border. I, I, Fareed Sakari has done two specials on it. Number one, he... He did, the special was how Biden broke the border with no plan. His last special was about two weeks ago about how the border could cost uh, Biden the uh, election. So what I have a problem with is listening to his Homeland Secretary and him for the last three years telling me there's no crisis at the border. It's completely under control. And now this last two weeks, he said, we have a crisis if I get this bill um, it's all going to be good. I'll shut down the border. I, I think the trust in, in, in uh, Biden is very limited. I, I think Bill Maher said it, that the, the two candidates, both sides, wish they would die so we could get some new people running for election. We're both disgusted with Trump and, and Biden. So I, I think it's a trust issue. But as far as the Angelico you pointed out, you're correct. But what's going on now, you have so many people impacting poor neighborhoods that they're no longer uh, there it's, it's affecting their employment their housing their schools are ruined so you have taken an entire way of life for poor people and turned it upside down most of the people who are affected dave and you and other progressives uh, i am not a progressive inside, but I'm, you're not hey, i am not a progressive don't label me mark let's okay, get a response but, Let me, let's get a response hang on david comment please well, I, I mean, I, 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 it, to, to some degree, I agree. I mean, I don't think, um, uh, you know, any political party has distinguished themselves on this. I'm not sure that I would agree that 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 Biden ran on a on a campaign or a platform of open borders. But yeah, he, you know, he talked about you know electronic systems and and uh, and and high tech ways to. Uh, to do something that would be much better than the wall. And then distractions came in and Kamala went to, 
to, to Guatemala and uh, not much happened. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of culpability to go all the way around. Yeah. What else, Mark? I just don't think you can you can trust him, and it may cost him the election putting uh, Trump uh, back in the office. It, it, it's really a situation it's gotten far, far out of hand. I feel bad for the poor people who are no longer going to have schools and ability to progress in life. You're looking at an entire generation of people being taken out of the equation. Mark, with all due respect, I think that's a huge logical leap, but I appreciate the argument to be continued. I have to let you go. So we can get to Ron in before the break. Hey, Ron. Hi, Dave. Hey, How Ron. are you? Good. Um, I, I, is your guest uh, okay with uh, 1.8 million new, I'll call them illegal aliens, coming across the border? David, are you? Uh, yeah. What What do you say to that? No, no. We have to. We have. We have to control the border, and in a way, we can have a reasonable debate about we need immigration. Um, the we're a nation of that bill. Um, that but the that bill, Ron, 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 he's trying. I got a first time guest okay. here. He's trying to respond to you. All right. Hang on. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, okay. David. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So the um, um, so you know, I, I mean, from my reading of the bill, it doesn't allow 1.8 million um, uh, you know immigrants in a year. I don't think that's correct. It has um, it it opens up uh, the uh, um, the the asylum process it rationalizes it a bit it's not perfect but the uh, um, but it's better than the situation we've got at the moment Ron what else well the bill allows five thousand people a day uh, seven days a week uh, and then what? once it gets to five thousand then they quote close the border but uh, five thousand times three hundred and sixty five gets you to one million eight hundred and twenty five yeah but that, and, uh, no, that's, uh, that's, but that's uh, that's not, realize that's, the draw that that is going to have. His his math isn't wrong, isn't right, is it, David? Yeah, well, just mean, multiply I, five thousand times okay. three sixty five. But that's not how it that's works. How many days? That's not. That my understanding, David, is that if it hits five thousand in a day, uh, the president, whoever it is, would have the authority to shut down the border indefinitely. It's not five thousand a day. And it it's 5,000 a day, and it's, it's, no. it's 5,000 people granted asylum, right? So they're not, you know, they're not granted permanent residency in the United oh, States. So is that the right number? I think reasonable people can differ about that. But it's not like, huh, okay, like 5,000 people are going to come into the United States and, um, you know, and, um, and, you know, um, and, uh, and, and, We've lost right. track of them. Right. Um, there's, I, a, there's, there's a discipline to the system. All right. Ron, thanks for checking in. Let me squeeze in Tom and Los Osos. Hi, Tom. Hey, Dave. Hey, Tom. Um, hey, I don't know too much about what's going on with the border bill, but I just wanted to say you're, you're very entertaining, man, how you were able to um, inject climate change into this. That was, well, uh, Tom, that was really pretty funny. Tom, well, you may be laughing, Tom. But, David, why don't you explain to Tom what he's missing, since he has already admitted he doesn't understand much about the bill? Well, I mean, the, um, I mean, if we're going to you know, get into a climate debate, we're probably going to be here for the next you know, Well, not years, a debate. But, it's just I mean, the idea but, that climate is pushing migration around the world, and there are certain parts of the world that are becoming unlivable. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we have this in Africa. We certainly have this in Guatemala, the, in, in Central America. I mean, there are um, vast areas of Central America where coffee cultivation is no longer possible because of climate change. People with, uh, without jobs cross borders. But Tom's, the, not, uh, Tom's not buying it. We're, okay. <laughs> Tom, you're not buying it, are you? Not one bit. There's no substantial change in the climate. The uh, economic causes have always been there. That's what's driving this. It has nothing to do. If there is any contribution by climate change, it's negligible. And you know it that how, such, uh, Tom, remind might, me, ahead. remind me, Tom, why you're such an expert on climate change. Well, I've been watching all along. We even have people saying the storms we just had are because of climate change. When they are completely normal and with the normal range of events that we've always had, there is no contribution from climate change in any of these events. Always good to hear from you, Tom. Thank you very much. We'll come back and wrap things up with David Judson. We're live. We're local. And apparently we're entertaining. This is Hometown Radio. On the Stolberg text line for David Judson, one of the reasons we are not adequately addressing illegal immigration is because the spoiled white kids won't go out and work in the fields. Comment on that, David? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, a lot of uh, listeners probably remember the, um, you know, the famous 1963 broadcast uh, on Thanksgiving Day, um, Harvest of Shame. Yeah, Edward R. Uh, Murrow. The, yeah. Edward R. Murrow, right? The uh, and the circumstances in the Central Valley for farm workers are worse today than they were then. The uh, you know we haven't dealt um, effectively with this problem. The um, and we've um, we need a um, uh, an intelligent and thoughtful and reasoned debate. And I think for I mean, it's one thing that this program has demonstrated is that um, that's one thing that is not happening. Um, and it would be great if it did. Uh, yeah. So that would be my, my thought. David, we so appreciate your time and the conversation, and we hope that you will come back again. I think as we wrap things up, we agree this legislation probably is not going to pass without significant change. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I think it's uh, probably, um, you know, it could well not pass at all, which will be a tragedy. And but there to we go. To be continued. All right, David, thank you for your time. To be continued. Yes. Appreciate thank it you. very much. Off we go. News traffic weather. Dr. David Canvasser is in the house. I would stick around. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.